Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.purevoice.com forward slash CKW. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Merck Sharp and Dome Corporation. Welcome to this Pure Voice activity on advanced renal cell carcinoma. This activity comprises one presentation featuring Dr. Thomas Poles. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. I'm Tom Poles. I'm a medical oncologist from London. I'm talking about metastatic clear cell kidney cancer today. There's been a major switch away from VEGF-TKI-based therapy to PD-1-based combination therapy. One of the key questions I'm asked is how do we choose between these? Remember that we've got four new combinations, all of which are transformative. So pick one and use it well, learn how to give it. We're now treating patients based on nivolumab or pembrolizumab. And the first trial to came out was a Checkmate 214 trial of ipilimumab, a CTA4 inhibitor, in combination with nivolumab. That combination was tested against sunisinib, given for the first 12 weeks, and then monotherapy, nivolumab. The trial has actually just recently read out its five-year survival data. Here we can see in the intermediate and poorest population where these drugs are licensed, the curves going apart and staying apart, 50% survival at five years, extraordinary data, 30% of patients, long-term durable remission at five years. We go back 10 years and say we were able to achieve a 50% five-year survival and 30% durable remission with immune therapy. I think the community would have bitten our hands off to get that data. So this is terrific and a great place to start. The adverse event profile of these drugs, mainly immune-related and particularly grade 3 toxicity during the first 12 weeks, need to be looked at carefully. Clearly pneumonitis, transaminitis, diarrhea, all sorts of adverse events that we need to look out for. Really important for doctors and patients to be well-educated and looking out for these. But this is now a routine combination. I think kidney cancer doctors need to be giving it to patients. There's also the second trial that came out. This is Keynote 426. This is the AXI-PEMBRO data. The original data that came out with this showed a higher response rate than we saw with Ipinevo. And that PFS is much longer than we saw with Ipinevo. Nevertheless, although these initial data were stronger, the overall survival hazard ratio is come out at about the same as we've seen with Ipinevo. Here we've got a 0.73. This is important because unlike Ipinevo, it's ill-licensed for good, intermediate, and poorest patients. Keynote 426, progression-free survival, the curves go apart immediately. This is important because we're better at getting in control of initial disease with the VEGF-TKI PD-1 combinations. This is reflected in this response data if we have patients with aggressive disease, liver metastasis, bone metastasis, near spinal cord compression. You're probably going to want to get good control and the best way to do that is with a VEGF-TKI-IO combination. The adverse event profiles for all of the VEGF-TKI-IO combinations are similar. They tend to be largely driven by the VEGF therapy. So here is daxitinib, diarrhea, hypertension, PPE, fatigue, nausea, mucositis, similar for all three combinations. There are some, some subtle differences between the VEGF-TKI-IO adverse event profiles but essentially there are more similarities and differences. So the next trial is the Checkmate 9ER data. This trial looked at Cabo Nevo. 
The trial design is essentially the same against stunitinib. You can see here the progression-free survival hazard ratio is 0.52, which is a 48% reduction in the risk of progression. These data are really impressive. The response rate, again, is higher than we've seen for ipinevo. The overall survival data is less mature than we've seen for the two previous trials. That's to be expected, of course, because it's read out third. The hazard ratio here we have is at 0.66, which is very much in line with what we've described before. Remember, this is good, intermediate, and poorest populations. Checkmate 9ER adverse event profile, as I've described previously, is very similar to that for Axipembro, driven by the VEGF-TKI therapy. The CABO at 40 probably makes it slightly easier than we would have expected from CABO 60, although a significant proportion of patients still required a dose reduction to 20 milligrams. The quality of life data for this combination is actually positive. This data, along with the Ipinevo data, was better than that seen with sunitinib. The final trial I wanted to talk about quickly was the CLEAR trial. This is a three-arm study, but I'm only going to talk about the LEN pen arm. The other arm has not been approved with Lenvatinib and Everolimus. The duration of follow-up is actually quite similar to the 9ER trial, although this trial read out most recently. There are two data points on this trial which seems exceptional. The 0.39 progression-free survival hazard ratio seems exceptionally low. Is it lower than the other two trials? Is it a fair comparison? Who knows? But the bottom line is 0.39 for PFS just does seem exceptional. And of course, the response rate, which in parallel goes with that, is over 70%. So this is a really exciting combination. The overall survival hazard ratio is in line with what we've seen previously. The control arm of this trial, as you can see, performing better. Whether this is a reflection of better quality of care or better access to drugs is something that we need to discuss. Nevertheless, it's a reflection of the progress that we're making. Here we show a forest plot analysis of the subset population for overall survival. And you can see all of the groups benefiting. The good risk population still seems in the middle. Remember the PFS and the response rate in the good risk population is better. Nevertheless, we haven't yet seen the maturity of the OS data to show it's significantly better. So the drugs are licensed in this population, but we can't yet be super confident on overall survival, which needs to be discussed with patients. The adverse event profile for the clear data is outlined here. About 68% of patients require a dose reduction. The adverse events driven by the lenvastinib, remember both in the AXI trial and the lenvastinib trial, those drugs were given at full doses, while in 9ER, CABO were given at slightly lower doses, so that might be a consideration. Which patients are eligible for these combinations? Well, in my opinion, almost all the patients are eligible, but it is important to remember that in the good risk population, we're not giving epinevo currently, it's not licensed, but there is a debate about whether you have to give the VEGF-TKI-IO combinations. And the answer is we don't yet have significant survival in this population. Nevertheless, the PFS and response is driving us in the right direction. And perhaps in 10 years' time, we'll look back and show fantastic frontline data for good risk populations. What are the considerations for therapy beyond this? Well, I think we need to look briefly at the sarcomatoid population. This has been transformed by the introduction of immune therapy, and this includes ipinevo as well as the other three combinations. Remember that this is immune combination therapy, and there are some patients with comorbidities 
or contraindications who may not be able to have a specific combination or indeed any of the combinations. And so this is a consideration that we need to take forward. To summarize, these are terrific options, crucial options for our patients. The most important thing from my perspective is not which one of these we should use, but we should use one of them. And that's really important because it's going to have a profound effect on the outcome of our patients. The second issue is, can we learn to use these well? And can we learn to translate the data from the clinical trials into clinical practice? I think the answer to that question is, yes, we can do that. But how do we do that? A lot of it's around patient and healthcare professional education and training. And I think we're making progress in that issue. These issues will turn out to be more important, in my opinion, than choosing between which of the fourth combination therapies. The last point is what does the future look like? We are now looking at triplets and we're looking at different trial designs and different biomarkers and trying to work out in whom these therapies work best. I'd like to thank you very much for your attention. I hope you enjoyed the program today. This has been an activity published by Pure Voice.